Marek cooked while Safi told Indigo about her latest diving adventures. A moray eel had darted from a crevice, giving her a fright. She had flown over kelp during a drift dive, and she had found a gas mask in the glove box of a jeep on the deck of a shipwreck. Indigo enjoyed listening to Safi. She got so excited about diving it was infectious. She was describing an unusual fish she had seen on the night dive when she stopped and pointed at something behind Indigo. What is that? She drew back in her seat. Indigo turned and saw the cockatrice slithering towards him, head held high. It's a kind of snake. It's harmless, he said sheepishly. The cockatrice pushed its way onto his lap, looked at his pancake and clucked loudly. Indigo put a piece in its beak. Marek shook his head. I'm not sure it's a good idea to feed it at the table. Safi eyed the cockatrice disdainfully, then carried on talking about the fish. As Indigo listened to her, he decided that perhaps Safi and his dad didn't seem concerned about the cockatrice because they saw so many strange creatures under the sea. To them, perhaps the cockatrice was no more unusual than an electric eel, a seahorse or a manta ray. When Emerald came home, she looked even worse than she had the day before. Her hair was grey with slate dust and her eyelids were bruised and heavy. She collapsed in an armchair while Marek made her tea, but before she got a chance to drink it, the phone rang. As she listened, her face became as grey as her hair. She put the phone down and turned to Marek. My father is missing. Her voice wavered. Before anyone got a chance to respond, another boom shook the valley and Emerald shot up. She didn't seem conscious of what she was doing. Marek flicked his wheels and flew towards her. Indigo thought he was going to crash into her, but at the last moment he grabbed her, pulled her onto his lap and spun his chair around. Don't go rushing off again, Emerald. He's not waking up that fast. Let's do this properly. Marek turned to Safi. Pack camping gear for two, roll mats, sleeping bags, stove, and torches. He turned to Indigo. You're going with your mother this evening. Pack water, food, and tea. Go on, both of you. Let me talk to your mother. It was late afternoon when Indigo and his mother set off. The shadow of the mountains crept slowly across the valley floor. Indigo carried the cockatrice in his rucksack until the village was out of sight, then he lowered it to the floor. The cockatrice followed close behind as they walked steadily along the valley, up the fell, and onto the slate-topped mountains. Emerald stopped for a drink of water and offered her bottle to Indigo. You know we aren't going to see Mrs. Wood, right? Indigo nodded. I know. He was thinking about the slate dragon his mother had told him about when he was young. Could it be real? The idea was ridiculous. Or was it? The last couple of days, he had seen a magpie cat and a giant bat, met the yellow-eyed, ghoulish Dr. Oliver, and he had a cockatrice slithering at his heels. Maybe there are such things as dragons. Indigo's heart beat faster. They scrambled up a steep rock face covered with loose slate. The sun was about to drop behind the mountains on the other side of the valley when they reached a large cave. 
Huge slabs of freshly broken slate were littered outside the entrance. Is this where the earthquake was? Indigo peered into the cave. I guess you could say this was the epicenter of the disturbance. Are you ready? Broken slate crunched under their feet as Emerald led Indigo through the cave. The cockatrice waited outside, peering into the cave with disapproval. Emerald put her hand on the cave wall. What did you see, Indigo? Indigo studied the wall. It was dark grey slate, shining with a silvery sheen of graphite. There were curved surfaces not typical of slate, and areas of uniform pattern like overlapping roof tiles. Scales.